0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the CEO briefing, and uh, I'm excited to have a very important guest tonight, a mystery guest, and you'll be finding out all about it in a few moments. So while people are arriving, I'm going to do the honors here and quickly show you uh, the usual, and here we are with Waters of New Gold, helping you thrive in the world's only vital, scarce, and recession-proof market. And that's even more so based on some of the information that I'm gonna give you tonight. Very, very, very critical stuff. Okay, so we have, of course, the ability with our excellent interpreter, Heather, um, real-time speaking what I'm saying in Spanish. And all you have to do is click on the globe below and you'll be able to switch languages. Of course, uh, we, you know, we have a um, forward-looking statement here where things we say are to our best of our ability, but of course, these, uh, the results or achievements may differ materially. We will constantly try to correct things and to make it as exact as possible. We like to say we are the most transparent public company in America. Okay, big news of the week, of course, uh, a major utility, and I would love to tell you which one it is, but we can't do it until things have been installed, um, recently signed. Um, a master services agreement for three power plants, and it's massive. You know already that it is um, a total of about five million dollars. and you because you've been hearing a bit on, uh, about it on the show. And the first purchase order for the first power plant for 1.8 million has now been issued and we are rolling. This is a picture of the a very similar setup at, I believe, the Excel energy power plant that we built. Uh, to give you an idea of what these things look like. And of course, um, uh, at the same time, modular water systems achieved you know, more, far more in one week in June alone than it did in the entirety of last year. So that is completely incremental to what progressive water is doing. So that's excellent. And there's a little bit of technical stuff. Basically, power plants need ultra clean water and it means that they go through ultra filtration the reverse osmosis, which is done to remove all possible minerals and so forth. And then electrodeionization is a way to achieve ultra pure water, for example, when you're making pharmaceuticals. So um, that's what we have here. And uh, PWT was doing a lot of these power plants before, a very, the same same, um, utility um, was serviced in 2015 for 2.3 million and then in 2016, we did the Excel Energy contract Um, and then it was a power plant also uh, in the Northeast as well as uh, the Otter Tail Power Company at its Coyote Station in Beulah, North Dakota. So we're back to this in in a big way, which is really great news. Okay, so quickly, uh, I'm gonna cover, I was on on Wednesday, I was on a seminar at World Water Week it was uh, water in health and climate crises. The bottom right, you see. I'm not going to get into it very much, but this is the um, from the plenary session where it there is so much going on in water imbalances. So, you know, too much water in one place, not enough water in another. Ice sheet loss occurring in the north and the south. Um, groundwater depletion. Um, recovering from drought surface water drying. I'm reading all these different things. The decline of the Caspian Sea. There's just a, a, a tremendous number of problems that are being dealt with. And that is of course, what's the, the big deal. Um, I was, this is me on the show and there will be an excerpt uh, of what my presentation, I did about a 10 minute presentation and we're gonna excerpt it once I get the recording from uh, World Water Week, but here are uh, a couple of slides, um, the uh, Microsoft um, presented some some highlights of what's going on, and we know this is that you know almost impossible heat wave in the Pacific Northwest, Colorado River at an all time low, and Germany with floods and up to nine times more likely to occur because of this today's climate. So that's the the problem. Um, Microsoft again talked about how. Um, we want to create really good platforms to share water data and that we um, have to do it in a sustainable um, collaborative business plan. And then also there has to be real-time credible water data. So that was very important. Now, I wanted to also show you some slides from a presentation by the CEO of Argyam. And this is an amazing little, um, well, not little, they're a they're, they're great um, non-governmental organization in, in India that, that puts out small grants to uh, allow local uh, Indians to um, do things like build check dams in rice paddies and so forth, which transform the local villages' economics. And they're using all these um, digital tools uh, to basically, the plans get made, then they get vetted and approved and then uh, funded. And there's a whole process here where they are um, working together to get these things done, and this is very much digitized. Um, and they have this whole thing about how they've really made a really good job of reusing assets, of what they call liquidity, which is not a not a pun, but basically to allow assets to move around, and also to be very uh, accountable, which is a big problem in non. Um, government organizations, and finally participation. And participation is what we're talking about here with ClearAqua, which is, we'll see something like Argyam, we'll, we want to be able to integrate Argyam into the ClearAqua community. So we don't wanna be building all of the networks in the world, we want to be have an open door to them all. And so that is the exciting thing. Uh, before I go on to our, our mystery guest, uh, Rick Garcia says, Very great news indeed. And thank you, Rick, for joining us. All right, so um, I'm gonna ask Mr. Rod Turner to join us. And he is uh, the CEO and founder of Manhattan Street Capital. And um, I'm gonna go off share for a moment and he's going to pop in with his this video, yeah. I'm looking for the right button to
1: press. Oh, but I turn on the video, Rod. Where is it gone? <laughs> oh, I know where it is, it's very obvious, it's in the same place. It's very helpful,
0: Rod. Welcome to the show, thank you. And uh, in, in fact, time. Rod and I have known each other for some time. I I think I even interviewed uh for a job at mobile automation, was it? Yes, that was yes,
1: that was probably 2000 or something, right around yeah, there,
0: yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And um, I think you know you, you've you've um, you've become a kinder, gentler gentleman. You know that, yes, you have. You've become kinder and gentler. Good, good.
1: <laughs> I think that was probably necessary. Yeah. I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, um, Rod is now the the CEO and founder of Manhattan Street Capital. They're based, uh, as the as the name does not indicate, they're based in San Diego, and um, they uh, have got some. I'm going to do a couple slides to run through some of the things that they've. Been responsible for um and and then we'll talk about what they might have to do with origin clear so um, here they are the number one growth capital service for startup and mid-sized companies what uh what is this SPAC matchmaker
1: essentially i for i did a favor for a friend to check out uh, options around the SPAC space and i found that. Today's internet makes it, it's, it's nothing like as good as it used to be eight or 10 years ago to find stuff. Hmm. So I looked at it from both sides of the table, you know, companies looking to be acquired, companies that have funded SPACs to help them. And it was obvious that there's a serious need. So I did a quick survey of, our member, of some of our CEOs on our list and got a, a resounding yes, please. So then we built the SPAC, find a matchmaker. So it basically makes it easy to find funded SPACs as we have over 300 of them now in the system. So it makes it easier to find target companies for the SPACs, the funded SPACs, and it makes it easier for companies that would like to be acquired to find a SPAC to buy them.
0: So a SPAC is a special purpose acquisition corporation, and they're basically a blank check company that are just sitting there uh, with a pile of money. And as you know, as you said, there's way too many of them and is a glut. Um, and of course they're looking for deals. So, um, yes, that's yes. a, that's a cool thing you've got. I, I also noticed you've got, you've had some good coverage in a, a variety of, of media. So that's excellent. Um, mm-hmm. small, small publication like the wall street journal. I've heard about that one. And then, mm-hmm. um, here's a very cool thing you did, uh, with, uh, impossible foods. How did this project go?
1: So it was um, surprisingly much more <clears throat> successful than I thought. So essentially, the, the f- there was a, a small fund put together to buy uh, shares from those from, from investors that are shareholders in Impossible Foods but want to diversify and assemble uh, enough money in a little venture fund to buy those shares, and then. Essentially, wait and hope for an IPO, which, uh, given the scale of the company, is one would think rather likely. So, it was what was interesting was for us, you know, this was the highest market cap we've raised money at—three so billion dollars pre-money—and that was the price that the latest round of private equity money came in at. So, you could justify going with a higher price, actually, if you were trying hard. So that was it was entertaining. The thing that was really interesting was that they they really didn't have very much money or hardly any money. Just a good idea. And I was you know, we put together an arrangement where all we did was promote it to our member base. And I told them going in that this is high risk. It's reg D. We don't know if it's going to catch on. And it caught on big. I mean, from relative to what I thought, you know, I thought we would be lucky to raise half a million dollars, but I think we raised 2.6 or something in, in six weeks. So I was very pleased with that and, and frankly, surprised.
0: Well, that's a beautiful thing. So that was a Reg D. Now that's for credit investors only, Regulation D. You mm-hmm. uh, do a lot of Regulation A's. I've noticed I've, I've mm-hmm. watched golf suites and that's been a very successful um, launch, mm-hmm. hasn't, it? hasn't it?
1: Yes, yes. So So let me sort of put us in perspective and maybe put myself in perspective here too. So I was an engineer on a nuclear, an electrical engineer on a nuclear power station in, in the UK, having served an apprenticeship uh, to do that. And then I got out of that field into computers because I wanted to progress more rapidly. Then I came here because I wanted better weather and to progress more rapidly. And then I got into startup companies. So, um, I've had the good fortune to build seven successful startup companies of which I'm counting Manhattan Street Capital as one. Well, we haven't tried to sell it or anything, but it's a successful business. The prior six all had liquid outcomes, two IPOs to the NASDAQ. Uh, one of those was Symantec, the Northern antivirus company. I ran the largest mergers in to Symantec, which is the hardest part of making a deal is relatively easy. Um, Anyway, so I've got a lot of interesting experience. I did my own venture fund with a good friend of mine. We did our own venture fund and incubator during the first internet bubble. So a lot of relevant experience. So when Reg Plus was announced in uh, May, actually in April of 2015, it's a really well-written regulation. And there's a whole host of companies that can use this, this regulation. And in my view, Reg Plus will over time reach you know 50 60 billion dollars a year capital raised scale it's happening more slowly than i hoped and expected but it is happening it's growing nicely especially this year uh all crowd investing online has accelerated because of covid people getting bored etc so we've gone from from about two years with no reggae plus ipos to three of our clients doing reggae plus ipos so we may be the first to reopen that floodgate, which will be lovely, not the most important thing. But um, the caliber of companies that are working with us now is just so much better. I mean, than a year ago, than two years ago, it's just a wonderful thing. And that's what I've been aspiring to the whole time. But uh, we're so fortunate have fantastic companies signing up with us who are really making huge differences. And I can origin clear as one. I mean, the, the deal, you, the, the arrangement, the plan that you've built here, young man, Ricks, is super impressive. And I say young man in a, in a affectionate way. My younger brother used to do that, still does that with me. So it's sort of stuck anyway. So we are, we're a bit innovative in a regulated space. We figure out ways to do things better and differently than are being done elsewhere. We're more of the boutique. We're not interested in scale for its own sake. We're interested in great successes for our companies and for the investors. That's it. Those two goals. Everything else is subsidiary to those two goals. And um, it's fun. you know. I enjoy innovating where I'm allowed to add. Value and Riggs has been fantastic to to work with in that regard. It's his company, and I've just been able to add value here and there, which makes makes it fun, and um, you know, sort of gets more ego in the game, I suppose. You know, I think we're going to be doing some really nifty stuff together with uh, with with the company, with Riggs' company. I can't. This is a phenomenal opportunity for us to make positive change. You know. I can't pitch any single investment, so I'm not, you know, I'm of not course, a public dealer. We're not,
0: we're not asking you to, to, to be a pitcher Yes, this Europe, isn't a pitch, but. Um, and uh, this is why I brought up um, the page of what you do. Uh, you host mm-hmm. the offerings mm-hmm. and then you project manage. And this is why, now the, the, the reason why we came to you, Rod, and initially we were thinking of having you do a regulation A offering, which is unaccredited investors. And we really realized that what we're trying to do here is the um, actually should be regulation D because we're trying to build these, um, these uh, funded vehicles. They're almost SPAC, SPACs themselves in a way. What they mm-hmm. are is little, little um, subsidiaries that uh, ultimately we, we, we could add up to about $300 million. At least that's what we've had um, uh, um, you know, set up as a, as a, as a plan. And what we're now, um, we realized is that if we're gonna do this to support the water on demand project, then probably we need to do it with accredited investors, higher net worth investors. And then of course, you have um, a line into small funds, which um, are or family offices, home office, I mean, um, not home offices, <laughs> family offices and uh, small uh, funds that that would be able to, to invest you know several million 10 20 million at a time as opposed to much smaller so i think that's that's i'm, I'm looking back i think that was the reason we went after reg I right
1: yeah yeah you know that there's a lot to this that you're not disclosing yet which is which is which is good probably and appropriate, because you know you know you know what you're doing but the the um the market's changed dramatically. I think I touched on it earlier. We have a reggae plus offering um, where an institution approached them to put in 26 million. That happened in uh, January or February. There's no way that would have happened a year before. It's no chance. So, what's happened is that COVID has forced a lot of professionals who were really looking down their noses at this online investing game to get involved and see that it's actually a lot better than they realized and to get it to 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 now start to play actively in this space so raising larger amounts of money online is now feasible when before it was really a stretch not to say it's always difficult not to say it's a walk in the park but it's now much much more realistic to do so so we build those we build that into the plan you know as i said we Our clients build those things into into their plan. We advise them uh, to make sure that the institutions are motivated and are treated specially because they need to be in order to make it more likely that they'll engage. But right now, especially because there's so much extra money floating about in the hands of big institutions, courtesy of all the liquidity the Fed has been pumping into the market, this is a good time to make a large raise, as long as it resonates, as long as it has the scale and potential uh, to make to make it real, so that they're—if you think about it from their point of view—they um, can see, like all of us, the market's getting over hot, and there's likely to be either a sideways period that's unbelievably long or a crash. You know, one or the other. Probably the crash, because that seems to be the way that uh, the market tends to go. So they're putting more money into alternative investments which will grow rapidly because of the nature of the investment uncorrelated to the state of the market and they can, they have allocations for that which are rather large because they are themselves exceptionally rich in the first place and now they have excessive money floating around to to deploy
0: wow and in fact uh, keith root and one of our stalwart um, investors says with everything happening now it is apparent that Origin Clear has burst onto the scene in the most important way with the best forward looking ideas imaginable. I could not write that copy myself. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you, Keith. And uh, Stevan Davis says In addition to OCLN, I am also an early pre-iPO investor in impossible foods rock on so a lot of a lot of uh, intersection of our investors here
1: well they they have a competitor beyond meat who's I haven't checked lately but last time I did their market cap was 13 billion and these companies are much of a muchness in terms of market penetration scale product family so it, you know that three billion market cap for that round was you could justify it as being undervalued or relative to an IPO but of course you know that's the only reason that uh, we could carry such evaluation in that case. No,
0: good little project you did there. So um, I, I agree, and, and you know, there there is this concern about you know where the market is going uh, in terms of you know so much money floating out there and so forth, and what's going to happen. And this is why I think the market is is moving towards asset type investments, right? Assets mm-hmm. at least have some. This is why we Material have mania, Real estate is doing well. And uh, we have our own offering here, which is focused not so much on, you know, paying our bills, uh, you know, building the company per se, but rather buying water equipment that was then going to go out there and create uh, usage revenues. That's the, uh, the modeling down below here, uh, where, you know, you put out these machines on a paper gallon basis and over 25 years, they make a lot of money and, um, and return a lot of money to the Series V investors, which is the ones that we're involving you. So what's beautiful about this is that these subsidiaries allow the investor to capture the asset in case something goes wrong, which it will never will, of course. But these days, you want to plan for the worst to get the
1: least, obviously. I was I was describing to a good friend of mine who's been involved with my company for some time, uh, gave him a quick update, you know, and I was describing some of the amazing companies that we're working with that are not yet uh, live. Therefore, you know, we don't, Disclose disclose the situation publicly, and you know they are all the three I told them about are radically great. I mean, really great companies, and the one that he latched onto with the most interest was a company that's making a hard product for which there's a huge need, and they have the exclusive rights and patents and so forth. So in its own way, it's a very similar thing to what I think we're doing here with with Origin Clear. So his point was, because he's dealing in the capital markets all the time, he likes the fact that it's more tangible. He doesn't see the risk of a, you know, I'm not looking at these companies the way he is with the same skepticism because I'm dealing with the people and I know where they're really at and how deep they are. But it's easy to see how, you know, a dinky startup doing something amazing technology-wise, which which has, has the right or the opportunity to really be revolutionary, some institutions don't want to play with that until it's actually proven a bit further. They want to see it a little bit more meat on the bone, as it were. And they're looking for the material need to put lots of money into resources that are going to be assets and that are going to have a long life and for which the markets are growing nicely uncorrelated to. You know, the need, the need for water isn't uh, going to reduce anytime soon. It's going to grow because of a climate change situation one hopes that that gets under control but until it does
0: well i fear that it's going to get worse before it's going to get better it will for sure because of because of inertia because of momentum um and we have odd things like for example uh the air travel was actually creating a kind of a screen for greenhouse gases with less air travel we've actually had an Increase in global temperatures. It's one of those counterintuitive things. But, um, you know, we know that there's a, there's a climate effect. We know that there's pollution. We know there's issues. Um, and what I like about what you're doing, you're talking about how often institutions don't want to get involved, but you, because you're a crowdfunding platform, are bringing the ordinary investor into institutional grade opportunities like Impossible Foods. And I think that's yeah. a beautiful thing that you're yeah. doing. And I'm, I personally am privileged that, that you've, and by the way, you have taken a big haircut in your compensation in order to be yeah. an equity player. True. And that is yeah. tremendously appreciated. Um, mm. that way we're, you know, able to redirect we're on the, the same team, even more than we would have been. Yeah. It's unbelievable and, and so appreciated. So thank you. Um, mm. what thank I'm going to do, Rod, is I'm going to play, feel free to stick around, or uh, as you wish, uh, I have a fascinating little short video to play from the World Economic Foundation that is gonna freak people's minds. We are gonna discuss
1: what it means for the water industry. So- I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave because I am, uh, I'm not feeling too good today. I'm not at my best. I need to get some things done and relax, frankly. But um, thank you, thank you for involving me with you. It's been fun already. We're gonna have fun with this, and I think we'll probably have great success. So it'll all unfold over time. And you guys on the, on the call will, will know what we mean in a more complete manner at the right time. Good. Thank you. Thanks, Ricks.
0: And, and already we've done amazing things bringing in uh, the crypto developers and now there's going to be a crypto-focused agency. So mm-hmm. great things so far. You go relax. Thank you, Rod. Thanks. I appreciate you coming on the show.
1: Thank you. Good night. All the best. And I hope this has been helpful to, oh, uh, to everyone.
0: Really cool. Really cool. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. All right. We're gonna continue now, uh, that was a wonderful thing. And now what I'm gonna play is a little video that is, I think is gonna blow your mind. And it, it, it actually, it, every time I watch it, it sends chills through me for reasons that you'll see, after the COVID pandemic, what could happen. So, So what could happen after the COVID pandemic? Let's take a look.
2: The COVID-19 pandemic has shaken our economies and societies to the core and shown us how vulnerable we are to biological threats. In the digital world, similar risks are being overlooked right now. A cyber attack with COVID-like characteristics would spread faster and further than any biological virus. Its reproductive rate would be around 10 times greater than what we've experienced with the coronavirus. To give you an idea, one of the fastest worms in history, the 2003 Slammer sapphire worm, doubled in size approximately every 8.5 seconds, infecting over 75,000 devices in 10 minutes and almost 11 million devices in 24 hours. Fortunately, at least until now, cyber attacks have not impacted our health the way pandemics have, but the economic damages, and therefore the impact they have had on our daily lives, have been equal and sometimes even greater. You see, the only way to stop the exponential propagation of a COVID-like cyber threat is to fully disconnect the millions of vulnerable devices from one another and from the internet. All of this in a matter of days. A single day without the internet would cost our economies more than 50 billion US dollars, and that's before considering the economic and societal damages should these devices be linked to essential services such as transport or healthcare. As the digital realm increasingly merges with our physical world, the ripple effects of cyber attacks on our safety just keep on expanding at a faster pace than what we're preparing for. COVID-19 was known as an anticipated risk. So is the digital equivalent. Let's be better prepared for that one. The time is now.
0: That was a pretty strong message to me and, let's break down what this what this means let me just go into uh text mode so it won't be as as fuzzy but you know what we have here is um you know i don't know about you but this covid pandemic has changed so much in my life and and everyone else's uh think a little bit about the digital pandemic that that could occur uh it won't kill people per se but Imagine, we're, we're so busy connecting everyone, we're all busy working virtually, and now we're gonna what? Not have it? It's horrendous. But here's what's even more important. And that is the, um, what coming back, The should these devices be linked to essential services? And of course I include water in that, right? As the digital realm increasingly emerges with our physical world, the ripple effects of cyber attacks on our safety just keep on expanding and at a faster pace, than what we are preparing for, and we've already seen this um, with um, the uh, Colonial Pipeline in May, and also in the same month, uh, the largest um, beef packer in the world was forced shut by a cyber attack. So we know it's there. So, what does this mean for water? Because water is a, is a, is an essential infrastructure, and frankly, if water goes south, we got a real problem. Well, it means the central infrastructure is at risk. Imagine potential water system breakdowns. Um, the good news is that decentralization will reduce the risk. It, people don't realize that when DARPA, the um, defense um, uh, research agency uh, originally created um, the internet in the seventies, uh, it was a way to, um, to survive a nuclear war by having separated nodes but in order to commercialize the internet, we connected all those nodes, we made it highly centralized. So we need to move back to that decentralization, both with the internet, but also here. Many, many points of water treatment will reduce the reliance on big central systems, which is why water demand is a strategic initiative to improve the safety of essential water services. So what it means really is that what we're doing here by you know, working with people like Rod Turner to create the, this large capital pool to fund systems that people don't have to pay for up front and they can just start paying for on a subscription basis and they are not relying on the municipality that doing their own water treatment and their own water purification it means that this will dramatically uh make the water infrastructure more safe so i think that that for me made me feel better about where things are going Um, of course we're all going to have to start thinking about you know what if we were a week or two without um, power, internet, etc., um, and that is a separate conversation that you probably want to have um, with your family and and you know get a generator and all that good kind of stuff. But we here at Origin Clear, what we're thinking about is okay, how is the water grid going to survive? And the water grid, of course, uh, is um, these days is vulnerable to um, cyber attack, unfortunately. Uh, We've become technological, right? Um, By decentralizing, we will reduce the risk. Okay, enough said about that. Um, As I'm gonna just wrap it up quickly by saying that your personal briefing is available from Ken Berenger, who um, is amazingly talented. We speak constantly about our initiatives. Um, He is also who speaks to uh, who the investors speak to. So I get a lot of feedback from investors from him and also from Devin Angus, the uh, the amazing Devin Angus, and now Larry Judge, who's joined us in digital marketing. So we have a lot of, of feedback, of touch points with investors and uh, tell us what you think. But also I want you to find out what options are available to you, uh, both in these secured funds as well as the other options um, you know, general investing opportunities. So next week we will have the, um, the ability to, um, uh, play the cool little, um, presentation that I made at World Water Week. Um, they said it was a breath of fresh air. Let me tell you something. I love these people, but man, they, they are not, they're not Elon Musk. They, they are, they just kind of while they talk uh, in a very measured way, very reliable way. Um, and we like to say that we put a little spice in it, in the, in the soup. So uh, that's kind of our part. And hopefully you'll enjoy that next week. Um, so as we're moving, moving into September, I just wanted to cover that um, we are very, very close to finally uh, filing that second quarter uh, filing. And as I keep saying, uh, thanks to Prasad, our new CFO, Q3 is expected to be fully on time. So we're reducing the the lag again. Um, And, you know, it is, this was the year of our equity systems uh, being completely uh, balled up. But that, thank God, is changing. Uh, A quick word from our partner, Ivan, who, by the way, his article in Forbes Argentina online was printed in the magazine and it uh, gave heavy mention to us, which I thank. Philanthropic investors for. And he says vegan foods need higher quality agriculture, and the origin clear systems can deliver better water to the agriculture as a foundation for good vegan food. And that's absolutely true. With that, I'm going to thank you all for being on board. It's been fantastic. Uh, don't be a stranger. I want to see you next week. And I hope you had a little bit of insight today into what's happening with our funding partners and background. So I'm going to go ahead and turn off the video so that Heather can catch up on the translation. Again, good night. Um, Bob, there's no ch- we're not changing briefing times. What we're doing is we're doing organizing replays. I'll talk about that next week. Stavon Davis, great update. Thank you very much. Everyone have a good evening and I'll see you next week.